y dos. Y dos. Una. Y dos. Hello and welcome to Cortez NYC Livestream, the podcast. This show broadcasts twice a week out of New York City. We are your hosts, Cortez NYC. And Carla de Puerto Rico. And on the show, we talk about art, creativity, city life. From a Latino perspective, I'm a visual artist. And I'm a singer. And this is episode 32, Sweet Expo. As always, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and now Spotify. What? And on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. And we are happy to announce that our merchandise is fully stocked, and we are counting down for the official launch of the online store, CortezNYCBigCartel.com. It'll be launching Sunday, July 1st. So you guys, log in on Sunday, July 1st, browse around, shop around, and order some stuff up. Pins are going quickly. That's CortezNYC.BigCartel.com. All right, all right, Sweet Expo. So what we're going to talk about is how to have a Sweet Expo. <laughs> <laughs> how to prepare for the perfect Expo experience. Um, we figured since we were preparing for this Street Art Expo, we, along the way, had to make lists and to-do lists to make yeah. sure we didn't forget of any, about anything um, in preparing ahead of time. And then along the way, we were like, you know what? This is actually a good experience, and we should share this with other people. We should give them our little checklist of things that we learned along the way um, in preparing for an expo. I've, I've done, in the past, I've done comic book conventions, so I was already familiar with some of these things. Um, yeah, this, this was my first experience, so it was pretty cool. But a I think, lot of hard work, but pretty cool. But I think you brought a different perspective, which was helpful, very helpful, because you were bringing... So a little bit of a PR background, mm -hmm. um, whatever you've learned, you know, in school about PR, and also yeah, just yeah, yeah. from working, you know, uh -huh. retail, True. and um, also, you know, just a, a fresh perspective, like a modern perspective um, from a person that just likes to maybe shop and think, True. how do people shop now? Yeah, you know, yeah. what is the mentality? So mm -hmm. it was helpful. Um, I'm obviously comic book conventions, a different crowd. Also, being an artist, I used to just be an artist alley. I would maybe sell a, a couple of posters here and there, and that's it. The majority of the things that I did at the, at the comic book conventions was just do little sketches and, you know, sign things, you know. So this, I think for me, this was a, I guess it's a new experience preparing an entire thing and saying, let me get a whole line together. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but it, I think it's a good experience. So let's, let's go through our checklist and let's make sure we don't forget any of these in our preparations. <laughs> all right, so... Um, number one, which is might be the most obvious and dumb thing to say, but uh, register early. So if you are curious, if you hear about a convention out there that you like, maybe it's a comic book convention, maybe it's an arts crafts fair convention or something, mm -hmm. whatever it is, don't just look at it and say, hey, that's interesting and walk away and then come back on the last minute and be exactly. like, let me register. If you're looking at it and you are even a little bit curious, that's good enough for you to say, be realistic can you afford it are you going to be available those days fine register mm -hmm. go for it because that it that little bit of curiosity is enough i think for me to guess that you'd want to do it and not only that but also it helps i think the expo in general because the more people they have registered artists let's say they have registered to go with a table the more people attending the expo they're gonna grab the attention of. yeah it's true if you sign up early it's good to get in there early and also it will help to make the crowd be a little bigger uh, of people that are going and attending so i think that's another positive thing mm -hmm. um but also i mean you want to sign up early to secure your table you know the earlier you sign up the better you're gonna the better chances you're gonna get to get a, a good table yeah a good location yeah um a better chance for you to know about the information earlier so that maybe you might know the size of the table or the size of the booth earlier and you might be able to plan something more organized exactly for your presentation um and, I, and i'm saying presentation because that's really what it is you're not just attending a fun party like you're actually going to present mm -hmm. you know even if you're an artist and you might not want to think of it like a presentation but it is a presentation yeah and the way the way you set up your table and your things 
that's the way people are gonna stop at your table and look at it and be like oh this is interesting or they're gonna continue and they're not gonna stop because it's gonna be like this is kind of like a mess this is right. too much Right. So, um, and, and it's hard not to be a mess when you're an artist. It is hard. When, whenever I've been to a combo convention, they're all messy. They're yeah, all yeah. messy. Everybody brings all their best. Mm-hmm. And, and it's for a reason because you get that one opportunity to connect with mm-hmm. your fans and you want to be able to give them all the variety that you can. Um, but it, it is a good idea to maybe not to do that, right? Yeah. All right. But so that's, that's important. Register early. Another one is once you've registered, once you've gotten all this stuff and you know for sure you're going, Mark it on your calendar and clear your schedule. That's very important. A lot of people don't do that. I'm not one of those people that like to plan ahead too much. So this is an exercise for me. Mm-hmm. I, if I don't have a checklist, I won't be planning ahead. Mm-hmm. It's very important. If you're not that person, be that person. Mark your calendar and heading towards that date as people talk to you about, about doing things, check your calendar. Exactly. Keep checking your calendar. You know, mm-hmm. when things pop up, hey, let's go on vacation. Hey, let's do this. Oh, there's a party that weekend. You want to go? Oh, there's a movie or, oh, there's a concert. Look ahead and keep reminding yourself of that date. Take it seriously because that's your day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, clear your schedule. Yeah. For me, for example, I took my day off for the expo since like a month ago. I set it up, I was like, this day, unavailable, if I don't put it unavailable, they're going to schedule me to work, so let me just do it. Yep. And and I completely planned ahead all my weekends, mm-hmm. including like weekends to maybe paint or weekends to do other activities. And even the World Cup, planning yeah. ahead and saying, that day, Colombia's going to play. I want to make sure that, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm tempted not to now. And then I'm like, well, but I'm going to go. So we're going to figure it out. We're going to take a laptop. We're going to make it happen regardless um all right so plan ahead clear your calendar number three uh the theme or the purpose of your presentation so you got your booth you know you want to go and you're an artist obviously you should go and you you know what your art is so obviously you're going to show your art but you can still make a theme you can still think ahead and say what is it that i want to feature yeah you know what i want to highlight for myself am i highlighting my spray paint work? Am I highlighting my cartooning skills? Am I highlighting, you know, my illustrations? Don't want to show off more of my video stuff or don't want to show off more of my black book stuff? You know, um, I think in this case, um, I'm, my theme is this merchandise, right? Yeah. This merchandise line that I want to put together. So I'm using the expo as a catalyst to kind of spark up the merchandise, mm-hmm. you know, um, the reinvigoration of my online store um but also within that the themes that i'm showing um a little bit of the world cup theme you know because i know the world cup's coming around and and i'm supporting colombia so you know that and then also my trump anti-trump political illustrations Mm -hmm. and americana kind of stuff um my little piggy patrol you know ferguson piggy armed pig character um and graffiti and graffiti yeah so um you know i think i think i know clearly what are my themes and what i want to show and present and talk about the most and that's what i'm moving towards this convention with in my mind um but for you for you guys out there you know just know what is the theme of your your presentation are you trying to sell something specifically or is it that you just want to showcase something new maybe a new line of paintings that you did yeah you know and a new style or something that you want to show off that could be something in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so moving on to another one. Um, plan your merchandise or your artwork early. So in my case, I'm making merchandise. So I went ahead early on and started researching who can make my merchandise, who can help me to produce this stuff. Um, I got my pins done uh, through corrupt graffiti pins on Instagram. Uh, shout out to him shout out to graffiti pins uh he really came through you know really walked me through the process and and explained it to me and made sure that when we talked about dates that the product could be shipped on time and everything really helped out a lot it was useful to have somebody that really knew about making pins right you know to really guide it and make sure that it landed when it needed to land yeah um the stickers you know i use stickerfied mm-hmm. shout out to stickerfied um the quality is awesome. The quality of the stickers is awesome. Um, 
And my posters, I you know, PS Print. Mm-hmm. It's a company that I've been using for years, and they're. I know their schedule. I know they're reliable. I know that if I order it at a certain time, I'm going to receive it at a certain time. Um, so, no plan ahead your merchandise and know that it's going to arrive on time. Don't overdo it, but don't underdo it. Where at the last minute you're going to be like, "Man, I should order more," and exactly. then it doesn't get here on time. So, yeah. be be solid in your decisions. Decide that well. If you're an artist and you're painting something original for that date, give yourself time for that as well. Mm-hmm. And that probably you need more time than ordering merchandise because you're going to be under the pressure of preparing for a convention while still sitting down and making art. And that can be stressful. And you don't want to show up to the convention. And I've been in that position, showing up to a convention or an art expo with half done pieces, uh, tired, over, over, you know, under, under sleeping, you know, exhausted, bags under the eyes. You can't even think straight. You're angry. <laughs> I've been at conventions angry. I have. I've been. I've been to conventions in the past uh-huh. where I've spent maybe two weeks crunching all my hours, staying up all night just to get this done. And then you're there and you're angry because you're like, "Look at my stuff. Buy, buy it. it. <laughs> enjoy it. Take it." Yeah. And you're angry and you're like, "Ah, oh, I hate everybody." <laughs> Um, even if they buy it, you're yeah. still upset because you're just like, oh, you're like, just take it. Just take it off my hands already. I don't want to see this anymore. <laughs> and, and you don't want to be in that position. You want to be, you want to make your art early enough that you can put it away and still have a little time to refresh so that when you see it again, it looks new. Mm-hmm. You want to go to the convention with that same enthusiasm as they have mm-hmm. for your art. And you're not going to have that enthusiasm if you've been looking at it for two weeks. Yeah. You know, if, if you're looking at it for two weeks, you're going to be like, I'm tired of seeing this thing. Can you get it off my hands? That's true. So be realistic about that. Um, schedule ahead and give yourself enough time to, to either order your merchandise mm-hmm. or make your art. All right. Another one is um, plan promotion. And I think this is where Carla, you definitely helped out this time. I never had this, this kind of help. Um, Plan your promotion and schedule at least for one month in advance to promote. So obviously here on the podcast, you guys have been hearing us speaking about the Street Art Expo. Yeah. We started doing it about a month in advance. Yeah. But also, you know, on Instagram, we started mentioning it. We started talking to people we know, started telling them ahead of time, hey, we're going to be at the Street Art Expo and all that. Um, we didn't go as extensive as we could have probably. But, you know, for you people out there, just remember one month in advance, do whatever you can through whatever social media or or, or word of mouth you can do start promoting the fact that you're going to be at a, at, a, at the place mm-hmm. um, and, and there's different things you can use like for example we used uh, MailChimp oh yeah MailChimp which is like uh, it's an app where you can create your newsletter and announcements and stuff like that so if you have a previous email list or sign up list you can use that list to send it to people that you know that they're going to be opening your emails and that they're going to be interested about your art. So you can prepare your newsletter. You can leave it there as a draft. Maybe, I don't know, have an idea of how you want to set up, then come back to it, finish it up and send it to them. Um, We had kind of like a reaction with that, but we're still experimenting with the MailChimp. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the other thing is to use, really use Instagram, which I think is where we get the most response. Yeah. Uh, and it's the more visual one. So if you're a visual artist, or even if you're a musician, uh, you're going to get a lot of responses through Instagram. So use the stories, use the post, but, but also, it all, But also you could use Twitter. Twi- yeah, use Twitter Facebook. is good, yeah. YouTube, um, if you if you want to go unconventional, go to plan ahead and go to another convention, true, and hand out flyers, true, or stickers or whatever at that convention, promoting the fact that you're gonna be at the next true. convention. That I've done in the past, mm-hmm. and I didn't do it this time because I think between preparing for this street art expo and preparing for the launch, yeah. I didn't want to oversaturate it. Yeah, I think one thing at a time is good enough for me, but. If, if it was only the Street Art Expo, mm-hmm. I probably would have said, let's plan ahead and maybe show up to some of the other street 
art events yeah. and hand out stickers, hand out flyers. Hey, I'm going to be at the street art expo. Make sure you show up. Blah blah blah. That that is another way of getting attention mm-hmm. and word of mouth and just hand to hand flyers can help. Yeah. Um, and then also part of promoting can just be letting people know. Let's say on social media, whether it's Instagram or Facebook. Hey, I'm preparing for a convention. I'm doing yeah, this. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Hey, I'm doing and just give them some behind the scenes exactly. snapshots. That helps that, as well. That helps yeah. so there, there's a lot of ways of doing it but definitely give yourself at least a month maybe more than a month in advance to kind of like get people known don't don't go too far in advance because people will forget yeah yeah yeah. you know and people don't want to hear I you guess, talking about something for a month exactly like start <laughs> one month ahead just one post then a week bef- a week before the convention maybe you can start posting a little bit more behind the scenes and everything yes yeah, that helps and and another thing is do it without expecting a reaction True. Do it because you should do it because you're supposed to do it because exactly. you you invested money on this convention table or or booth or whatever you got. Yeah. And do it because of that. Do it for the for the the right reason, which is for yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about the reactions. Don't worry if people don't respond. Don't mm-hmm. worry if everybody still says what? Oh, you going to what? Like, don't <laughs> even worry about it because it's your job to do this. This is part of. This is your responsibility. You being responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you're just sparking curiosity and you're preparing yourself too yeah yeah you're preparing yourself you're, you're prepping yourself for your own convention all right so let's move on to the next one the next one is and this is an important one that we kind of thought of last minute but now we've figured it out is consider transportation of all your materials yeah that's a big one and i didn't really think about it and, and now we started discussing how we're going to do it but consider trans how are you going to transport your art your original art your canvases How are you going to transport your merchandise and how are you going to transport yourself mm-hmm. to the convention and back? Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a car, great. But if you don't have a car or even if you do have a car but aren't really considering it for all these things that you're going to be carrying, take it very seriously. You don't want to damage your merchandise. Yeah. Carrying, if you have t-shirts, if you have posters, if you have stickers or whatever it is that you're selling, hats, baseball hats, original art like we said canvases large canvases that are delicate consider how are you going to pack all these things up so that you can load it and unload it from your vehicle without damaging it because you do not want to damage it because you're going to probably have to do this again at another convention and and you're going to if you damage your merchandise nobody's going to want to buy it exactly um nobody wants to buy a, a bent up poster nobody wants to buy a scratched up you know uh, painting You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have to be uh, very delicate with it, but also think about the easiest way to carry it. Yeah. So it has to be practical. You have to be practical. It has to be practical. Right. Mm-hmm. And also think about presentation. You don't want to show up with your canvases that you're selling for $300 and you're, and you're just carrying them on your, dragging them across the floor, put, putting them on, the, on an easel. Right. Pretending like nobody saw you drag your canvases into the convention. <laughs> right. You know, think about presentation. Presentation starts from the minute you leave your house. You know, your art is being presented to the world. So think about how you're transporting it. That's part of your presentation as well. I would recommend if you are going to be doing a lot of conventions or a lot of street art expos or a lot of fairs, art mm-hmm. fairs, get permanent transportation cases. Get like um, plastic bins mm-hmm. for your merchandise. You know, label it and store it always in that merchandise you know so that it's preserved and protected um if you're going to be doing it constantly you might as well do it put a little logo on the box on on the bin you know what i mean spray paint a stencil or get a sticker and slap it on there so that when people show when you show up people see your merchandise coming out of your your bins Mm -hmm. that are labeled and branded that that's a, a nice impression it shows it shows quality um so yeah so transportation is important another one We got your merchandise, we got all your stuff, all your artwork and all that, but now you're at the convention. Think about not just what you're going to sell, but what are you going to give away? You mm-hmm. always have to have something to give away. True. You need to have, you, you, you don't want anybody to walk away from your table without leaving with something. True. You want, that's a, one of these rules to convention, convention attendance. Convention 101. Yeah, it's one of these <laughs> big rules is, um, yeah. Everybody's there for, everybody either paid or got in, went out of their way to get there, right? Yeah. Everybody got there. They got to your booth, whichever way they did. You don't want to waste their time. They don't want to feel like they wasted their time. 
I don't want to go to your if I'm if I'm attending, I don't want to go to your booth just to say hi, look and walk. Mm-hmm. Maybe I want to buy your stuff, maybe I don't want to buy your stuff. Even if I don't like your stuff, I still wouldn't mind having something from your booth. Of course. To let me know that I was at your booth. And then on your side of it as as the person, you know, that is showing your work, you want to make sure that I walk away with something so that I remember you. Mm-hmm. You want me to remember you. You want me to remember your booth, to remember your name. I, you know, maybe at that moment I don't have money or maybe at the moment I'm thinking about buying something else and I just, I'm not going to buy your stuff right now. But that doesn't mean that the next time I see you, I exactly. might not buy. Exactly. Or that I, if I go home, I don't look you up online and buy your stuff later. Exactly. Even, even if I take the paper, I put it in my bag and I'm like, okay, yeah. I get home, I'm organizing my stuff and I look at the paper, I'm like, oh, I didn't remember about this guy. Let exactly. me look him up. Yeah. Um, when I when I've gone to comic book conventions, I would come home with a whole bag load of papers yeah, and yeah, flyers yeah. And, and stickers and and uh, and postcards and things from people, and that's that's almost that's almost half of the experience is what you bring home and look at. Yeah. A lot of it I might not keep. Yeah. yeah. But it's part of the experience, so you want to make sure that you don't waste that as an artist attending and paying for a table or a booth. Don't waste that opportunity to connect with your audience. You want to make sure that your name travels beyond the convention into the person's home. Yeah. And the only way to do that is by having a giveaway. A giveaway can be a flyer, a poster, a postcard, a business card. It can be a, it can be a candy with your, your name on the wrapper. It could be a pen with your name on it. It could be a sticker with an email on it that says, hey, check me out later. Right. It could be something as simple as having somebody sign... On a, on a subscription list or a mailing list yeah. and have a conversation. At least you made that connection. Yeah, yeah. Just got to make sure that something is exchanged. As long as something is exchanged, something more than just a hi and goodbye, then, I, then you fulfilled that. So giveaways. Think about giveaways, flyers, things like that. Um, another one is, and this is an important one that we started trying to resolve, is how to accept payments. Yeah. Right? So you go to a convention... Obviously, you're going to sell stuff. People are going to bring cash, but not everybody's going to have the amount of cash that you want them to have. And you're not going to want to walk around with a big old register full of cash, you know, ones and twenties and fives and this. It's a lot of a lot to worry about. And now we are in the era of technology. So you definitely have to think about credit cards, credit card payments, debit card payments, and even Google Pay payments, right. which is with the phone. With a cell phone. Exactly. So so how you're going to accept payments, that's a big deal. We, I've never done it before, but this time around, we signed up and we got our, we purchased... A square point of sale. Square point of sale. So it's a, it's a way of accepting credit card charges. Yeah. Uh, we tested it out. It works beautifully. It's pretty simple. You just, just download the app and buy the device and you're set. Yep. And it works off your phone. It mm-hmm. works off your iPhone. It works off... Uh, iPad. Yep whatever you need yeah, yeah so that, i mean that was that's really i'm looking forward to using it that's pretty useful um i think the also the fact that it can help you with invoices or inventory and other options yeah like you can save like say you have different items you can save items with the name of the item on it so then when you're searching for the item it's pretty easy to find you have it already there with the price and then you have to press on it because we tried it to see how it look you have to press on it and that's it and then it charged to to the credit card when you do checkout that's it um and i think nowadays people are are more comfortable buying with credit card possibly even than cash yeah you know i think i think people are more comfortable showing up and saying wow that looks really good that looks really good you accept credit card good i don't have to worry about how much things cost exactly you know a lot i think a majority of people will be more inclined to say if I don't have if I have the freedom not to worry about oh am I gonna have my change am I gonna am I gonna use all my dollars here then I won't have dollars for the next booth right if they feel that freedom they're a little more open to say well let me let me see let me see what, what you got on the table and they get more curious to shop around it doesn't mean they're gonna buy your whole store exactly exactly <laughs> but the point is that, that you they get the experience of shopping to around make it easier for them. yeah they can browse their imagination can you know cut loose and they can see really listen to your sales pitch and really see what you're really selling and that's what you want to do you want to offer them that experience and so i think that that helps um 
And then, and then another thing for cash is like, you know, I mean, do you really want to be carrying on cash and, and all that? Do you really want to be making change in the middle of conversation? Mm-hmm. You know, like, do I want to be like, well, do you have two, I have two fives? I have a four, but I have one single. Do you have change for, the, you know, you don't want to get into all that. It's yeah. like weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's uncomfortable. It stops the flow of the conversation. It stops the flow of the exchange of information. And you don't want people worrying about money. You want people looking at your art. Yeah. So I think that that's another reason why this credit card thing I hope really works out. I think it's going to help to ease that. Yeah. Um, all right. And then lastly, finally, the last one on our list is, what is the follow-up. Follow-up. Plan ahead for what happens after the convention. And that's something that, you should, that goes into preparing before the convention. So what am I going to follow up with? What am I going to do after the convention? So I went and I showed all my stuff. And then what? Exactly. You should always have something planned because at the convention, you're going to meet new people that never met you before, never even knew about you. What are you going to offer them, those newcomers that haven't heard you pitching for a whole month? Have that prepared, have it planned ahead so that you can hit them with something right after the convention and give them a reason and, a, and a, make them feel like, wow, I got to meet that guy and look at that. Culture talk. Culture talk. The talk that the cultures. We're gonna have to make a theme song for real for that. Eventually. <laughs> so, Carla, what are we doing this culture talk? This is called Sweet Expo. So, I'm imagining something sweet and delicious. So we're going to be talking, going through a list of Latino desserts. Oh, I'm here for that. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are here for that, too. Oh, yes. So delicious. Uh, Such a signature dish of the Latino culture. Um, Well, first of all, let's talk about desserts. So we're going to talk about Latino desserts. Um, Are we dessert? Are Are we like into desserts? I have a sweet tooth. I grew up always like thinking that after dinner I have to have something sweet and that's bad but yeah <laughs> yeah me too I really like like I mean my favorite kind of sweet is chocolate so I really like chocolate and now I think I'm, I'm getting more used to eating desserts like I'm sorry <laughs> ice creams <laughs> and other ones that we're gonna go through the list I'm gonna sorry. tell you which one now I like that before I really didn't even thought about it or liked. Right. I like I like um I like cakes especially here in this area the, the oh, Asian yeah, the Asian cakes, cakes oh that are those really soft. But they look so delicious too. It's like they make them so pretty that I'm like, "Oh, I need to have that." Yeah. No, and they're and they're like so light. Like they they're fluffy mm-hmm. and they're the sweetness so, is very light. So. so you're like, "I'm eating this, but I'm not really like Yeah, it's not really dessert. I just ate a whole cake, but exactly. it's it's practically air, so it doesn't matter. But it's healthy, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that sweet. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's just as bad as any other cake. Exactly. But I like I like the cakes. Um ice cream is cool. Not for every time, but ice cream's cool. And and I think another kind of dessert dessert kind of thing that kind of sparked up, I guess, is like like I think a little bit of chocolate, like the dark yeah. chocolate. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the night, mm-hmm. a little a little piece of dark chocolate with like maybe a little liquor or something, like that mm-hmm. hits the spot. Yeah. Now that's like my new thing. It's like Yeah. That little flavor just gets me. I'm like, alright, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, I like cakes, chocolate. Strawberries with chocolate. I haven't had them in a while. But oh, yeah. mango time. Mango time. Mango time. It's one of my favorite things. It's a nice, get it, get a, a nice sweet mango, slice it after dinner, little, a uh, little bit of whiskey. Yeah, that's nice. That's, that's a, nice a good thing. combination. It's a good combination. Yeah. All right. So come on, Carla, give me that list. Okay. So let's start with flan. Oh, I love flan. I know, it's your, like your favorite. Flan is my go-to. So, it's a classic Latino dessert, and its flavors varies by region. Uh, for example, in Puerto Rico, they make like a cheese flan, uh, or flan de queso. It's flan... That sounds gross. 
that is with cheese. <laughs> I'm sure it's delicious, but it sounds gross. So the way they describe it is like it's almost like a cheesecake custard.、Mm. Uh, and then in Colombia they have the flan de coco or coconut flan. So there's different type of flan. I can't have coconut. I know. So then for you it will be the、uh, flan de vainilla. Yes. Yeah, flan de vainilla. So uh, uh, the flan,、um, I think is、uh, you make it like it's like a type of cake, but is the consistency is not hard as a cake. Um, and then you make it in the oven, and it's really delicious. I'm not a f-、uh, a fan of flan. I'm not, but it is a Latino dessert. I I I know. I remember I started eating flan when I was very young, and I I don't know. I got hooked on it, and then I I think I don't think I ever found out is what is the 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 brown syrup that they put on it. Caramel. That's caramel. Yeah, because something that I remember about. Plan making is that my mother will always try to make it, and it was always a struggle for her to make the caramel because to make the caramel, I think you have to take the sugar and you have to melt the sugar like that, right? Yeah. And then you have to make sure to keep moving the sugar so the sugar doesn't get stuck to the pan, because if it gets stuck to the pan, then you cannot put it on top of the flan.、Mm. So my mother, oh my god, every single time she used to make it. It will get burned, <laughs> and she was like, "Ah, I can't. No puedo hacer el caramelo. No puedo hacer el caramelo." And yeah, it's caramel. And so, and then flan in English is custard. It is, is all, custard. It is custard. That's all it is.、Mm, it's, it's okay. Caramel custard.、Um, I I never really associated it with the English. I always just say flan, 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 flan. Yeah, I mean, and then,、uh-huh. and then when I, I remember the first time I saw it in a, in a supermarket. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that kind of took the magic out of it.、Mm. Like once you see it in a in a powder box, like available like under the Jello section, and you're like, there's Jello and there's、yeah. flan, you're like custard, you're like, okay, that's kind of. All right, so what's the next one? Well, the next one is arroz con leche. Arroz con leche.、Uh, and arroz con leche is a rice pudding that is classic、uh, in Latin American, in Latin America. It's made with rice, milk, cinnamon, sugar, raisins. And condensed milk. I never got into. I never got into arroz con. I, I remember my brother used to like it. Me neither. Pe- people around me always liked it. I never liked it. My grandmother used to love it, but I'm like, no. I I don't know. I think it was because I always, I always thought of rice for dinner, and <laughs> rice being savory, never rice being sweet. Yeah. Or being like kind of like a dessert, and then arroz con leche. I don't like milk. So、it's like, <laughs> huh? And then on top of that, you throw some raisins in it. Like,、exactly. why are you doing this to me? <laughs> exactly.、Um, but they said that this dessert is known throughout the world because there's even a、uh, Asians variations. Oh, really? This dessert. I wouldn't doubt it because they they, they love rice, rice so much. Yeah, they're yeah. big. They're big into rice. Yeah. The rice culture. So. All right. The next one is dulce de tres leches. That's a good one that I. Never liked. Me neither. Until, Until well, when did we get into it? I don't know. I think it was when we went to either a Colombian restaurant or a Cuban restaurant, and we ordered it. And I don't know what happened. We we, we both got into it、yeah. like what? This is pretty good. Yeah. It was a tres leches cake, and basically it's called tres leches because it has uh, uh, three layers of milk, or they use like. Four type of milks or three types of milk, so it has three layers, which is the cake, the filling, and the topping. And there are four type of milk in the filling and topping, which is the whole milk, condensed milk, evaporated milk, and heavy cream. That's a lot of milk、But、for somebody who doesn't like milk. Exactly. So I just <laughs> saw this and I was like, "What? All that milk?" But when really when you are eating the tres leches, yeah, it doesn't taste like. All that milk, it tastes sweet, but it doesn't taste like that, right? Right. Yeah, that's true. No, for me, for me, I never liked tres leches because it always just looked like a soggy cake. Uh huh. Yeah. And it just seemed gross. I, it, it's the equivalent of dunking your donut into a bunch of milk. It's true. Or, or, or just putting pouring milk on top of a cookie. It just, it just looked disgusting to me. I was like, that's not、true. anything I want. But if you get past that, it's 
freaking delicious. Yeah. And and then they put the strawberry on it, and I'm like, why? I guess I guess it's the consistency. If you can find a tres leche that is done where it's it's not soaked to the bone, that is fresh. That because it's I fre- think that yeah. if they leave it there for a long time, then it's gonna get like all like, soggy. You, soggy. You lose the texture. Yeah, you lose the texture. Yeah. The, the the quality goes away. Mm-hmm. It's true. All right, tres leches. Top one, another one that's on top of the list. Yeah. So the next one is alfajores. I have no idea what the hell that is. That sounds crazy. What the hell is alfajores? Alfajores are originally from Spain and are very popular in South America. Wow. Um, alfajores. Alpha? There's, Does it have alpha in it? I don't know. Let me read. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Argentinian version has a feeling of dulce de leche. And also in Ecuador, they put uh, they they put also what is known as manjar, and it's almost like a dulce de leche, but the consistency is a little bit different. And also in Colombia, they eat it with the arequipe, with which arequipe is dulce de leche. Yeah. Yeah. So alfajores is very popular in Spain and in South America. I've never had it, but. I I have to try it. I'm gonna have to go to one of these bakeries and I ask for an alfajor. Alfajor. I'm, I'm into that. Is the next one on the list how to keep it since you're talking about it? No, but we're gonna go <laughs> over okay. that. Okay. okay, so the next one is churros. Churros. Ooh, churros, que rico. Churros, churros is unfortunately getting a really bad rep by being sold in the subway stations. I know, but I don't care. I, I I think it's sad that um that it's being promoted that way. <laughs> Subway say it takes it takes the it takes the magic away from it. Yeah. Well, what are churros? Churros are made with fried dough that is sprinkled with sugar, and churros are found in Spain and Latin American restaurants and street vendors. Exactly, <laughs> and in the New York City subway system. <laughs> But I remember, I always remember churros because in Puerto Rico, they will send it actually in the street in Old San Juan, uh, in El Paso de la Princesa. It's like a, a out, outdoors plaza, plaza yeah. in Old San Juan. And they will send it with fillings inside. So they will send it with uh, salad, with a chocolate filling or strawberry filling or vanilla filling. Okay. So that was good. Churros, so churros is basically a pastry. It's a it's, dough. It's, it's like a donut, like a like stretched, a donut. like a stretched out fried donut. Exactly. With yeah. sugar, with a lot of sugar all over it. Yeah. It's good. It is so good. Good. Yeah. I haven't had it in a long time, but it but, is good. But it, when you get it in a restaurant, it it's a little different. Obviously, it's a, it's a different quality. Oh yeah. And and it's delicious. Yeah. Yeah. That with a little bit of coffee, you're set. Yeah. Okay. So the next one is another type of rice which is arroz con dulce. Um, and arroz con dulce is a very tasty rice dessert cooked with milk and different other spices. The scented rice releases a very pleasant aroma along with the combined flavors of sweetened condensed milk, different spices and nuts. Mm. I've never had arroz con dulce either, and that's something that is very famous in Puerto Rico. But I don't like it. I don't know. I I have a thing. I'm Puerto Rican, and I don't like Puerto Rican desserts. <laughs> I'm Colombian, and I like some Colombian desserts, but not all of them. Yeah, I think I think it's because when I was little, I was like a very picky eater, and I really was like into. If the consistency is like this, I don't like it. I don't like that name. I don't like. I don't like. <laughs> so Qué yeah. Canzona. I know. So the next one, continuing with Puerto Rican desserts, is el tembleque. Tembleque. Tembleque that I don't like either. So tembleque is a Puerto Rican dessert pudding with coconut milk. Um, so it's a very simple dessert with a jelly-like texture, and that's why I, I don't like it. I like jelly, but I didn't like tembleque. I think I, I tasted tembleque actually like... Wow, like five years ago, before coming to New York or something like that, I went to a party in the mountains uh, of Puerto Rico, and they had the dessert. I was like, well, I think it's time for me to try it. And it wasn't that bad, but I don't know. 
And, and the name Tembleke, I didn't understand what that meant. When you first told me Tembleke, and I was like, what the hell is that? I really thought it was some weird, crazy thing. But Tembleke is just because... Porque tiembla. It shakes. So yeah. Tembleke is like shaking, exactly. basically. Yeah. That's the name, <laughs> shaking. The shaking dessert. Yeah. So that's Tembleke. Um, they use coconut milk, salt, and other types of ingredients to make the Tembleke. And it's very easy to make. All right, what's next? Um, so the next one is the Arequipe. Yeah! So Arequipe eh, is basically dulce de leche. Which is basically sugar with milk. Yeah. And in Colombia, they serve it, serve it with obleas. Obleas, yeah. Or saltine crackers. Or yeah. sometimes as a base for other desserts. Yeah, so Arequipe is something I... When I was in Colombia, I mean, growing up my whole life, but definitely when I was in Colombia, I saw it being sold in the street. And and it's like the churros that we uh. see in the subway, but over there in the street, it, you'll have people in the street with these little carts and they have the arequipe and then they have big towel bags full of obleas, which is the, the la, what they give out in church. The, um, really? The bread. You know that bread that they give yeah. in church? Yeah, it's that, but big versions of it. Seriously? giant like like uh they look like like a little frisbee like yeah, a dish yeah, yeah. and then they they put the arequipe in between no. and they make a sandwich out of it and they sell it to you like that and then i mean when you're a kid it's nice because it's like fluffy so it's basically like a waffle cookie exactly like a waffle because that that thing it's the is same material like that, yeah it's like the waffle cookie but it's flat it's big and flat and then uh -huh. it has the arequipe which is just a, a, you know a, uh -huh. a caramelish kind of thing in the middle And the fun thing is when you're a kid, you're taking this big giant thing and you're just <laughs> chewing at it a little bit at a time, going around the circle until it goes to the bottom. And, and that's yeah. a Colombian <laughs> dessert, I guess. <laughs> that's yeah. funny, though. I, I didn't know about that. I, wow. I, thought, I thought that was always fun. And Arequipe is pretty good, too. But um, yeah. but it's not the same if it doesn't have the, uh, the oblea and all that. Right, right. It's not the same feeling. No, nah, man. <laughs> okay, so the next and last one for this list, this is our 10th is the cholados colombianos have you tried that no so it says this dessert is a cross between a frozen a frozen dessert fruit fruit cocktail and a drink and derives from el valle region of colombia mm. it is made with crushed ice fresh fruit condensed milk passion fruit maracuya And Colombian blackberry or mora syrup. And it's topped with cheddar, coconut, and a cherry. And it said it makes for a wonderful summer dessert. Okay, so it sounds like a refreshing fruit cocktail exactly. kind of thing. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. I just never heard it with an actual name. Uh -huh. But fruit cocktail, yeah. Yeah. I mean, along those lines, so let's do some honorable mentions of things that might not be desserts, but might just be sweets treats yeah sure uh colombian i know oh um not over brevas brevas con queso mm -hmm. that's always good that which are basically i think uh figs yeah with yeah. cheese with colombian cheese that's that's good it's not to eat a lot of it but no. i'll eat it every once in a while i'll eat it like once a year or something i'll try it just to remind myself what it tastes like yeah um bocadillos Mm -hmm. Bocadillos are, is oh, great, yeah. which is basically guava paste with the sugar. That that it, we have in Puerto Rico. Too. Bocadillos is delicious. Yeah. Um, another one that I would say. Los pastelillitos de guayaba. What? Los pastelillitos de guayaba son is they're like little empanadas with guava inside, basically. Ugh. No, 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 no. <laughs> For real, it's good I know, because I know, it's I know. not like. I have to try it. I, I can't imagine it, but I have to because try it. it's it's um it's not savory. Like you have the little saltiness of the dough, but it's really good because then you have the sweetness of the guava inside. It's really good. All right. So another another one that I'll mention is frunas. I don't know if you've ever heard of frunas. No. Frunas is a type of candy. It's almost like a starburst. Uh -huh. But when I was growing up, that was a very Colombian thing. It's like uh -huh. a it's like a Colombian starburst okay, candy. Okay. But that was like a snack and like a little treat when I was a little kid. But oh, another one that we can say that you'll find here in the park is the the mangoes in la calle. Oh, yeah, con tajín. Mango con tajín. Con limón y tajín. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a treat. That's a very Spanish, Latin, yeah. Mexican. Another one, hot chocolate, hot cocoa. Oh, hot cocoa, yeah. That's, that's like, a, yeah. like a classic. That's a classic, yeah. yeah. 
All right, let's go try some. <laughs> you wanted me to teach you, right? Carla hablando español. Let's go. How do you say convention? Convention is convención. Yes. How do you say expo? Exposición. Okay. How do you say preparation? <laughs> Preparación. <Yes. laughs> Good job, Carla. Good job. How do you say merchandise? Oh, merchandise is a good one because that changes up a little bit. So merchandise in Espanol is mercancía. True, true. How do you say original art? Arte original. Yes. Carla, how do you say sale or sell? Venta. Very good. How do you say items? That's a good one. I never thought of that. Items. Items. That's why I brought it up. Like, what items do you have for sale? Got him. Yes! I don't have a word for items. How do you say it? Articulos. Articulos. Articles? Is items? Yeah. Seriously? Yep. So how would you say that in a sentence? How would you say, look at all my items. These are my items that I have for sale. Estos son los artículos que tengo para la venta. Artículos. O estos son los artículos que están a la venta. Wow. Okay. I learned something right now. Nice. Got me, Carla. Got me. Okay. How do you say desserts? Postres. Yes. How do you say cake? <laughs> well, in Puerto Rico, we say bizcocho, but in the rest of Latin America, they say pastel. <laughs> so. And in Colombia, we say ponque. Oh, that's right. You said ponque. There's a lot of ways of saying cake. Yeah. Bizcocho, pastel, ponque. Ponque sí. Oh my god. Ponque, ponque sí. Come on, that's an old joke, man. Come on. Ponque, ponque sí. Okay. So, next one, uh, and the last one I have here yeah. is how do you say sweet? Sweet. Oh, that's a good one because that one sounds totally different. Sweet is dulce. Dulce de leche. Exactly. No, no. Dulce, dulce. Dulce. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, all right. I got a couple for you. Okay, go ahead. How do you say, did you say presentation yet? Yeah. No, no, I didn't. How do you say presentation? Presentación. Very good. How do you say merchant or vendor? Vendedor. Vendedor? Vendor. Yeah, that makes sense. Wow, I didn't think of that. Vendor is vendedor. But merchant is something else. Merchant is the person, el que vende la mercancía es el merchant. So it's el vendedor. Oh, well... When you're selling at a convention, you make... I have another word. For what? For merchant. Okay. What else do you have for merchant? Comerciante. Comerciante is a good it's one. It's different than vendedor. Yeah. Because I feel like a vendedor, he just sells, but el comerciante, he actually negotiates. Yes. Yeah. Comerciante, I like that. Comerciante is I more like a vendor. Yeah. Or a merchant. Okay. Mm -hmm. Very good, Carla. Very good. You're learning Spanish. I am so. learning Spanish. <laughs> See, this is good for you and good for me. Yeah, definitely. So I'll be preparing posters for this convention. Yeah. How do you say poster? <laughs> well, I heard that you say affiches. Yeah. I say affiches and we all say affiches. Why, is there another way of saying poster? Poster. Ay, Carla, por favor. Carla, learn Spanish finally, please. Come on. Poster is afiche. Pero no era... <laughs> In Google, they translated to po from poster to poster. <laughs> and then cartel, afiche... Cartel. Cartelero. Cartel, cartelero. I was, I've heard I was cartel confusing before. the word afiche with the word bosquejo. 
bosquejo? What the hell is a bosquejo? With bosquejo is a brochure. It's kind of like a brochure. Oh, no, no, no. This is not a brochure. This is a poster, Carla. It's okay. So, poster is poster. No. <laughs> oh, afiche. Afiche. Oh, cartel. I've heard cartel before. Cartel. Yeah, el cartel. Um, how do you say pastry? You're going to laugh when you hear it. Pastel. Pastelería. That's why when you say pasteles, I'm like, what? Because it sounds to me like a pastry. Yeah, no. That's funny. Because in Puerto Rico, we have this dish that is called pasteles, but it has nothing to do with sweet. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's like a real dish for, for eating. Yeah. And I've heard you guys say pastel and use that word a lot. And I'm like... Yeah, and nosotros, ah, los pasteles, los pasteles. And, and I can imagine everybody else being like, wow, so many cakes. <laughs> Be like, no, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. yeah, los pasteles in Puerto Rico is almost like a tamal. Exactly. Like tamales. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we call it pasteles. I don't even know why. But that's funny because then pastry... It's pastelería or los pasteles. Yeah, and then I always grew up knowing that pasteles is like Sweet. you go to a bakery and you get pasteles. For, yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. You live and you learn, Carla, and that's why we're here together, Latinos Unidos, yeah. hablando español. Puñito arriba. All right, another episode in the bag. Yes. All right. So for next episode, episode 32, we are going to take this show on the road mm -hmm. and we are going to record live at the Street Art Expo. Yeah. Uh, sharing some of our experiences there and hopefully talking to some people. Yeah. All right, guys. So stay tuned. <laughs>